Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health, or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your Daily Dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette. Good morning and welcome to your Daily Dose. Today I'd like to discuss acupuncture therapy, what it is, how it works on the body, its benefits, and if there are any contraindications for this therapy. I'd like to introduce Stephen Arnold. Stephen is a certified acupuncturist who specializes in traditional Chinese medicine. He is the owner of Waypoint Acupuncture in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Stephen studied theater in university and became a technician in the film industry for 25 years. He traveled through Asia, taught English there for a couple of years, and while teaching, had acupuncture on his mind. He wanted to do something good and worthwhile, and since acupuncture had helped him throughout the years, this was the path he chose. Stephen says, and I quote, The idea of being able to help people by putting a few needles is simply beautiful. Welcome, Stephen, and thank you for joining me today. Now, during my nursing career, beautiful was never a word that jumped into my head while I was injecting someone. Could you please explain your statement and why administering needles is simply beautiful to you? I think administering needles is simply beautiful. I think it's it's simply beautiful because it's beautifully simple. Um, Acupuncture is something that will work on anyone. Uh, It is... Easy to do in the sense that you know you, you can have a few needles and uh, you know a little bit of equipment. You can do it pretty much anywhere. Uh, it can be done at pretty much any time, and uh, it's just there's something really kind of elegant about just being able to put a few needles in somebody and getting a result that uh, brings them some sort of. Well, not brings them some sort of, but brings them benefit, you know, that, that is a benefit to them. Um, I've been interested in sort of alternative medicine for a long time. And people ask me sort of, you know, how I, how I got to, like, quite often my clients will ask me how, how I got into acupuncture. And uh, I got interested in herbal medicine probably back in the early 90s. You know, I think growing up at the end of the 60s and through the early, through the 70s, uh, there was a lot of holdover from the hippie generation. So that stuff, you know, we're exposed to that stuff um, when we were young. Uh, And so, you know, I was interested in sort of herbs and herbal medicine when I was kind of young. And then I really sort of started to pursue that a little bit in the early 90s took a class and read some books and started going out walking around and, and, uh, and, and trying to identify herbs in the wild for myself and acupuncture. I sort of came to that. I think through, I had an interest in like, you know, when I was a kid, I had an interest in like, you know, Kung Fu and Tai Chi and things like that. You know, that was sort of on television that looked kind of romantic and kind of an interesting way for a whip to defend himself. And as a result of that, 
I started to find out about sort of other Oriental, you know, the the, the philosophies that, that 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 stuff arose from, like Taoism and Buddhism and so on, and uh, it sort of you know created an interest in 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 those sort of Oriental what I don't know, just the Orient, I guess, and. So sometime around the time that I started studying herbs, I also got interested in acupressure just for myself and for my family at the time and uh, just trying out different things to see if, you know, I could, I could heal myself in, in some ways. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, cut to 10, 15, 20 years later and I'm deciding to get out of the film business and looking for something to do. And um, I'm traveling overseas teaching English. And while I was there, I had some back problems. So I went for some acupuncture while I was as a result of these back problems. And I found that, you know, I got pretty much immediate relief. It didn't make it go away, but it certainly uh, helped the condition. And uh, earlier, uh, you know, a few years earlier, I had Bell's palsy. And I had read somewhere at the time, this is almost kind of pre-internet days, uh, that acupuncture would help that. So I immediately went and got acupuncture. And, and I also saw a result there. Like I had three or four treatments over the course of three or four weeks. And I think every time I uh, got acupuncture for that condition, I saw, you know, results within 24 hours that there was some significant improvement. So those kind of things sort of convinced me that, uh, that acupuncture you know, was useful and, uh, and, and a good thing. And then uh, while I was traveling and teaching English and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life next, one day it just sort of occurred to me, I should go and study acupuncture. And as soon as that happened, that's what I did. So let's back up a little bit okay. to your earlier years yeah. because you were you were very interested in herbs and you were looking for natural treatments at yeah. that time. So what took you into theater rather than acupuncture or, or holistic medicine at that time? Well, the herbs and stuff came, you know, quite a bit after I, uh, after I got involved in theater. Like, you know, I, I, I was, I, you know, studied, I, I was involved in, drama club and so on when I was in high school and you know so that just sort of like, that was the thing that I had the most fun at while I was in school and it just seemed like a natural thing for me to you know to when I get out of school to go and study theater so the interest in herbs and, and acupressure and so on sort of came later when I was actually working in the film industry for a while and, and uh, did that answer your question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, wh why I didn't sort of go into that right away, I guess it didn't really occur to me that it was even a possibility. And I mean, it never really occurred to me that it was a possibility until I was sort of wandering around between working in the film industry and whatever my next thing was. And it really like, it was like kind of, you know, like just out of thin air, like the idea is like, I just go and study acupuncture. And, you know, it wasn't like there was a voice that spoke to me or anything like that, but I just had this idea one day. It was like, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. But you knew it was something that, that you should do and pursue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good. I really felt that. So you studied in Canada? Yeah. Okay. 
So since acupuncture is now um, your modality, can you explain to us what is acupuncture for those of us who don't know? And what is it going to do for us? How does it, how does it help us? Uh, what is it first? A great big ball of wax. <laughs> um, what's acupuncture? Okay, very simply, acupuncture is uh, like at its simplest level, it's it's um, a system of medicine that uh, grew in China over the last couple of thousand years, um, where you use needles usually to stimulate points on the body to help the body to heal itself. Essentially, um, and then you can go way down the rabbit hole. There's all kinds of uh, different systems of acupuncture. Um, I guess so. Let me expand on that on that first thing a little bit. So it's so it's it's a system that can help the body to heal. How does that happen? Uh, Chinese medicine considers that that there is a force that runs through the body that they call or term qi. And and what is qi? It depends on uh, what acupuncturist you talk to on what given day and what kind of a mood they're in. Um, but uh, it, uh, it, it's, it is some sort of energy. I think everybody sort of would accept that. Some acupuncturists would... Uh, describe it as an electrical field that is present in the body that can be manipulated in some way. Some people say that it is just nothing more complicated than blood and oxygen. And then some people see it as a sort of more uh, ethereal force, a life, the, the, the life force, the force um, that sort of that is present in the body. And over the last couple thousand years, uh, practitioners of acupuncture determined that this uh, um, this force chi runs through the body along sort of given pathways, and uh, and they determined that these different and various pathways have different and various effects on organ systems in the body. Now, ultimately, when you're talking about acupuncture, you're talking about energy medicine. So, you know, for me, all of this has to be taken with a grain of salt. It's 2,000 years old. These guys were, you know, if you have any kind of uh, leaning towards uh, uh, skepticism or belief in Western medicine, then the correlation between acupuncture and Western medicine is not a hard one. But there are correlates. Uh, I'm getting a little lost here, but... That's okay. Let's define one thing first, okay? okay? Um, let's distinguish between injections that I was giving and the needles that you are giving in acupuncture. They are two different things. What you give in acupuncture is extremely fine, fine needles, and we are not injecting um, too far under the skin, Is whereas when I give an injection, everyone knows what an injection is if you're getting your flu shot or if you're getting a, a pain medication as an injection. Two very different types of needles. And you are are putting these needles just barely under the skin, are you? <clears throat> it sort of depends on what you're doing and where you're doing it. Um, sometimes uh, the needles can be... Okay, so let's back up a little bit. Just to avoid any confusion, there's no... There's, like with, with acupuncture, there's no injection. It's not like these needles are not being used to inject anything into right. the body. Um, 
they're being used to stimulate points on the body, which, uh, which enable energy to flow properly through the channels on the body or restore the flow of energy through these channels on the body because in Oriental or in, in, in traditional Chinese medicine, uh, uh, problems like physiological problems are seen as being some sort of blockage of energy. And, and the whole point of acupuncture, in a sense, is to uh, restore energy to its normal flow. So these needles are being used to stimulate points in the body. They work almost like conductors to draw the energy along these channels uh, and restore flow where it's blocked. The needles that I use uh, or that are used in acupuncture very thin. So the, the, the general sort of needle that is used to draw blood in the hospital, everybody's going for a blood test, the needles that we use in acupuncture are typically about a quarter of the diameter of those needles. So they're very thin. But they do uh, get inserted into the body quite deep sometimes depending on what the condition is. For the most part, they're not inserted that deeply. Uh, part of the thing with acupuncture is that as an acupuncturist, depending on the tradition that you are coming from, but on the whole, sort of generally, the acupuncturist is looking to uh, elicit a sensation at the needle site that is sort of something that, like, so that the, the client knows that the needle is present, not painful, not sharp. But uh, it may be something like a dull ache, slightly warm, slightly cool sensation, slightly electric, uh, you know, a, a bit tingly. Um, and all of those things, when that happens, it's sort of like, again, depending on what acupuncture uh, style you ascribe to, uh, you know, they believe that, that that's the arrival of the chi when that, when that sensation happens in, in the client's body that that you've sort of tapped into that stream of energy, whatever that is, and that, that, that the acupuncture is working correctly. Some acupuncture practitioners don't believe that that's necessary at all. But uh, so the needles can be inserted to a depth where you're sort of looking for that sensation to happen. Can they ever be deep enough that, that it brings a point of blood? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, uh, again, they're like super thin needles. Like if there's ever any bleeding at the needle site, it's usually like a drop of blood. Like okay. Literally yep. like a drop. Yeah. And I should say too, for anybody who's never had the experience, because you know, I know needles, really, they sort of tend to freak people out. Um, or some people are really bothered by the idea and they think, oh, sticking in needles in the body, that's gotta be, you know, that's got, that's gotta hurt. It's not magic. They are needles. It is skin. You do, you know, and there are nerves in skin. And so you do feel it. But they're, since they're such fine needles and, and they're inserted very quickly, it's relatively painless. Um, uh, and, and in no way is it anything that any, it's not a no pain, no gain thing. Like nobody should ever have to suffer through an acupuncture treatment. If it's uncomfortable, it shouldn't be. Like it shouldn't be something that a person is like, tolerating it's like 
at least in my mind, you know, some other acupuncturists may disagree with this. You can get okay. as many opinions as there are. But you should be able to somewhat relax through a treatment? You should be able to fall asleep, I believe. You okay. Know, like, and, and lots of my clients, too. I mean, you know, it's like some of them look forward to their acupuncture naps. You've had acupuncture. I have. So was it painful or not? Um, I did have sensations. Am I going to say painful? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, did I want to fall asleep? No. <laughs> but I'm a person that I can give a needle. Yeah. When it's turned in my direction, I'm usually on the floor. Yeah, right. So, you know, falling asleep is not going to be my thing. But no, it was not painful at all. Yeah. Did it work for me? Absolutely, it did. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some things that it can help. Um, how does how does acupuncture affect stress and emotions? Oh, that's a that's. I mean, there's not, there's so much to talk about when you're talking about this, but uh, but everybody has stress, yeah, sure. and everybody has emotions, yeah. right? Um, do they go together into a treatment? Are you working on one? Um, if you're working on somebody's stressors. Are they showing emotion at the same time? Do they go together in a treatment? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I mean, stress and emotion are like, you know, they're, they're the same thing in a way in that, you know, stress, where does that come from? Well, it comes from emotion. Like, it's like, you know, you're afraid of something, that's a stress. You're looking forward to something, that's also a stress, although it's a positive stress. Um you know, you're angry about something, that's certainly stress. And like all of those things are emotions. And in Chinese medicine, um, the Chinese, and this is like, you know, something that these guys figured out like thousands of years ago, that emotions have a real effect on your health. And they uh, determined that there are various emotions associated with various organ systems in the body. So, um, Try to make this too complicated, but so there's there's six sort of major organ systems in the body. There's like the lungs, the liver, the spleen, the kidneys. The it's like trying to name the seven dwarfs. Um, <laughs> uh, the other ones. There's the one called San Jiao. There's another one called Pericardium. Um, I think that that's the sixth one. Anyway. Uh, and each of these each of these organ systems in Chinese medicine has an emotion associated with it. So, for instance, like the liver is associated with anger, and the emotion of anger when you feel that it's kind of like this uh, chicken egg thing, where like you know the emotion of anger uh, affects the liver, but the liver also if liver chi is not flowing properly through the body, then that can kind of create or or uh, sort of help to edge you in the direction of of, uh, of of anger. So, and then and then anger sort of it uh, it 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it kind of stagnates liver chi. It keeps liver chi from flowing freely through the body. So so it's kind of like this vicious circle where like one thing feeds the other. It's like. The, the, the anger has an effect on the liver, but then the liver has an effect on the chi that then has an effect on the liver and back and forth. Okay. So if I came into you and said that I have, um, I have a lot of issues with anger, yeah. um, instead of going for anger management courses, would you be able to work on the, the liver meridians or the liver channels with acupuncture to help me to be able to reduce the amount of anger? 
Uh, short answer, yes. Uh, slightly longer answer, if you told me that you had a lot of anger issues and you were hoping that acupuncture would resolve those for you, I would say, go get some anger management classes, meditate, and I will also work on your liver and uh, see if we can't help sort some of that stuff out. I've certainly, you know, you know, I see people from time to time. You sort of like, you tend after a while to, you know, once you've been doing acupuncture for a while, and I've only been doing this for five years. I'm relatively new to this, so I still have a lot to learn. So anybody who's listening to this and knows anything about acupuncture, don't take me too far to task. Um, but, you know, if, if you have, uh, if you have, uh, you know, liver issues like, Oh, I guess what I started to say was, you know, you start to see in people a sort of a type, like somebody will walk in the door and you kind of like, there's somebody with liver issues. And, you know, it's partly visual. It's partly like, you know, things that people will say to you. and They don't have to tell you, like, I have all kinds of anger issues. They kind of let you know in like mm-hmm. more subtle ways. But, you know, I would definitely, you know, uh, work on trying to, and, there, you know, there are things that happen in your body, like, you know, some people have, um, you might feel a lot of sort of uh, tension or, or, or bloating in your, like, in your, uh, abdomen. yeah, your abdomen, but you know, like your, just, uh, you know, at the top of your stomach, your epigastrium, yep. and, uh, and uh, people who feel that a lot, they sort of, that's something that sort of tends to go along with sort of uh, liver cheat is not flowing properly, and then, you know, so if somebody said, oh, I, you know, I feel this kind of bloating at the top of my stomach or whatever, it's kind of like, you know, I feel that, and it's like, mm, that, that may be a liver thing. And there's other things that people will talk about, you know, like, oh, yeah. You know, so you start to see that picture, and then, you know, they might not even sort of say that they want to work on anger issues, but you still might wind up working on their liver because mm-hmm. you kind of know that that's something that's going okay. wrong with them. Yeah. Okay. And, and that you start to find out in the consult, the initial consult with the person. Yeah. And so, do you want me to talk about that for a minute? If you would, please. Sure, why not? Yes, um, because we have to do a consult when we first come in. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, well, let's talk about typically, like, what happens in an acupuncture appointment. Somebody will call up and they say, you know, I've got a problem with something. And uh, so I'll see them, in, you know, in the first, uh, in at the first session, I usually book an hour and a half for my patients. And uh, I'll talk to them about what their chief concern is. And then I usually will ask a series of questions that are kind of, uh, it's kind of formulaic, but they're sort of directed towards looking for various symptoms that are indicators of some sort of pattern in one or more of the organ systems of the body. So it's like you start to get a sense of what is, um, you know, what, what's wrong with this person or, or at least where their energy issues lie. And so that happens through, you know, them talking to me, certain amount of just basic sort of physical observation. So you can kind of read some signs and signals of people's like faces, skin tone, uh, body shape. Um, and then uh, a couple of other diagnostic tools that, that Chinese medicine uses are the pulse, which is something that, is a very complex thing to learn, but well, you know there are there are some relatively famous acupuncturists that 
you know, they, you don't need to tell them anything. You just come and sit down. They feel your pulse and they tell you what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And they're supposedly very successful at this. Uh, but that's one of the things in Ayurveda too. Yeah, it's a very good diagnostic tool. Is the pulse? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know, we're not just feeling like, uh, and I'm sure this is probably true of Ayurveda as well. You're not just feeling for like, uh, you know, is it rapid? Is it slow? You're feeling for sort of like the depth of the pulse, the thickness of the vessels, the rate of speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's about six different qualities in, in, in uh, Chinese medicine that you're looking for in a pulse. And under each, so you use sort of three fingers to palpate the pulse, and under each finger, uh, it's a little hard to describe, but at least uh, you get a, a sense of the different energetic states of the different organ, mm-hmm. um, uh, organs in the body. Um, so pulse is an important diagnostic tool. Also, uh, we use, uh, we look at the tongue. And the tongue, you're looking at the color of the tongue, the moisture of the tongue, the coat. If there is one, if there isn't one, what color is that? Uh, the color of the tongue's body, if there's any marks on the tongue, like cracks. Um, sometimes people have scalloping along the edges of their tongue. You look at the underside of the tongue, the vessels on, on uh, on the underside of the tongue, and all of these things give you some idea. So, so in the combination of you know the questions, the what you feel in the pulse, what you see in the tongue, observation of the person, and then what they tell you, you get an idea of like what organ systems you think are being, uh, or what channels are being sort of impacted, or uh, the energy is not flowing through. Properly, and then from that you form a treatment strategy. Wonderful. Yeah. So right now, we're going to stop and take a short break. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to continue. Visit Doreen's website at dmurphydoucette.com and click the radio tab to purchase your supplement and dosha questionnaire. It will allow you to know your body dosha and what supplements, vitamins, and minerals your body requires at any given time. You'll receive a report by email that gives you all of the required information. You'll learn which foods give you your required supplements, and you have the option to purchase your report in printed book form and have it mailed directly to you. Visit dmurphydoucette.com today. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to your daily dose. If you have a question for Doreen Doucette or her guest today, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dose at gmail.com. Now, back to your daily dose. Okay, Stephen, um... When you're doing treatments, acupuncture treatments, what do you what do you find that people are typically coming into you for? Uh, I see a lot of people for um, well, typically, you know, a lot of people come for pain. Um, 
And, you know, as a result of uh, either, you know, uh, like chronic pain, I see a lot of people for back pain, knee pain, you know, shoulder pain, uh, pain, pain. And, uh, and then you see people for acute injuries, you know, like somebody's just sprained their ankle or they've pulled a muscle somewhere or something like that. So that's, I'd say that's probably about... 75% of what I see people for, maybe, maybe not quite that much. Um, and then you get a variety of other things, like, could be anything really. I, you know, I got people come to see me for stress, I see people for insomnia, I'm working on a couple of people right now for Bell's palsy. Um, I've uh, menopausal issues, like hot flashes and things like that. Uh, what about infertility? I've treated people for infertility. Um, and that's quite popular in, you know, in some places like, uh, I mean, uh, well, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, tend there's, there's, since there's a lot of problems with infertility now in North America, a lot of people sort of turn to Chinese medicine for infertility treatments. And, and uh, there's been some studies that, that seem to suggest that, uh, you know, it, it definitely, in combination with other fertility treatments, like they, they see that Chinese medicine in combination with IVF, for instance, uh, they have a greater success rate than just IVF on its own. So, uh, yeah, people come for that. Um, you know, stress relief, pretty much anything. Uh, you know, irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, I've seen people treated for... Um, we have problems. Lyme disease. Um, well, Lyme is a big one around here now. It is a big one around here. And I'm not suggesting that uh, Chinese medicine is a cure for these things. It can help with uh, the symptoms. It can provide relief to people. Um, but, you know, you see some pretty tall claims about what Chinese medicine can and can't do. As I said earlier, you know, I'm kind of new to this. I don't really know the limits of uh, what it can and can't do, but, uh, you know, certainly in my practice, like, you know, there's a guy that I have been working on for a while now who's got arthritis, and I'm able to sort of alleviate his pain condition temporarily for a couple of three or four days, but, you know, I'm not going to cure his arthritis. Okay, that's but a medication is not going to cure his arthritis either. That's right. And a medication is going to give him several um, side effects to yeah. it. So is the is the acupuncture going to give him side effects? Uh, no. That's Well, I can't say no 100% because, you know, uh, cases differ a little, but for the most part, no. And nothing lasting or sort of that's going to, you know, uh, create any problems for that guy over time. Um, and it's not going to give him side effects that a medication would give him. Yeah, the thing about, you know, medications is like, you know, those things can tend to be somewhat cumulative. Now, I want to say, just for myself, I am absolutely not uh, anti-Western medicine. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. like I see Chinese medicine as a great complement to Western medicine. But, you know, if somebody comes in to me and says, like, you know, I got a heart pain. Can you help me? I would first say, you know, call your doctor. Exactly. Or, you know, if it's happening right now, get yourself to the hospital. Um, I would also say, sure, you know, I, I will try and treat you and see if I can get you some relief in some regards. 
because I do believe that there are things that uh, Chinese medicine can do to, you know, like uh, make things easier or edge people in the direction of healing. And I think that's mainly what Chinese medicine does is that it sort of, it triggers the body's natural systems to push you back in the direction of health, which is your natural state of being. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So did that answer your So it's, You it's, said, what do people come to see you for? Yeah. yeah it's basically, um, you feel that it's, it's wonderful in combination with our Western medicine. Absolutely. It, everything has to meet in the middle. We have to have, you know, half a dozen of one and six of the other. <coughs> yeah, well, Excuse me. You know, like I have people that come to see me frequently and, and they say, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm having blood pressure problems. And I say, yeah, okay, so you want some kind of blood pressure medication or whatever? Well, I don't like taking pills. You know, you hear that from people all the time. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, well, you know, your doctor is like, you know, your doctor has, uh, let me backtrack. I had this conversation with a client the other day. She's having problems with vertigo and she's been prescribed some sort of medication for, uh, for that condition. I don't know exactly what's causing condition condition. I can make a Chinese medicine diagnosis, but that's something else entirely. That's not a Western medicine diagnosis. So, you know, I treat, the pattern that I see from a Chinese medicine point of view, her Western doctor has looked at her and said, you know, your vertigo is probably being caused by this and I'm going to prescribe this pill because I think this is going to help you. And she says to me, well, you know, uh, I've been prescribed these pills, but I don't take them. And I say, uh, why not? <laughs> and she says, because I don't like taking pills. And I say, and this is the thing. It's like, uh, this woman is, you know, probably in her mid-late 70s. And she doesn't like taking pills. I kind of understand that. You know, you don't want to add more chemicals to your body if you don't have to. But the point is, like, this guy has prescribed something. Her doctor has prescribed something that, you know, may indeed help her. And, and, and so then the question in my mind for me, if I was taking these pills, becomes what are the side effects of the pills? And are those side effects something that I can live with? Are the side effects something that, uh, you know, may hasten my, uh, you know, may, may cause other problems for me? Um, and if there are no side effects, then why wouldn't you take the pills? Uh, because if they're going to stop the vertigo, that's what you want. I mean, that's why she's coming to see me. And it's like, I already have a prescription for these pills. Take the pills. Yeah. Um, and, and, and. And it, and it also comes down to like, okay, so there may be side effects from the pills, for instance. Okay. You have high cholesterol, you know, and I know that there's a lot of controversy around cholesterol, statin pills, and yes. so on. But if you have high cholesterol, you know, it's like, like people talk about big pharma as if it's some sort of, uh, it's some sort of uh, conspiracy. It's not conspiracy. It's they want to make money. Right? Absolutely. Of course they do. They're in a business. Yes, yes. Just like every, anybody else who's in a business wants to make money. They want to make lots of money. Of course they do. They're in a business where they spend billions of dollars to develop drugs and then they want to make that billions of dollars back and Absolutely. they have shareholders and whatever. So it's not really a conspiracy. It's like they may do some things that are somewhat underhanded and then I think that there's probably evidence of that yeah. in the world. We know that there is. Um, you know, like covering up side effects and so on until somebody discovers and then, oh, yes, well... We really ought to do something about that. But but 
you take a pill and they say to you, these are the possible side effects, these are the given side effects, you don't sleep. So then your question becomes, what do you want your quality of life to be? So I can take a cholesterol pill, which may give me cramps in my legs. It happens to a certain percentage of people who take that pill. I probably don't want that to happen. So I'm going to go looking for something else. Uh, if the if my physician seems to think that this is something that I need in order that I don't have a heart attack. And so, you know, it's like, so what do you want to do? You want to not take the pills because you're worried about the side effects of the cholesterol medication, but then have a heart attack? Or do you mm-hmm. want to live with those side effects, mm-hmm. but live longer? You yeah. know, what do you want your quality of life to be? Yeah. I think like that sort of like, I don't want to take a pill is, yeah. is, is not necessarily a reasoned decision. Um, I don't want to put more chemicals in my body. You put more chemicals in your body every day. Yeah, that's You true. know, drink another gallon of diet soda. Yes. But don't take that cholesterol. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that might lead to your next question. <laughs> Are there any contraindications that come with with acupuncture. Well, I don't know. And uh, that's not what I thought your next question was going to be. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a couple of things definitely that a person needs to be sort of aware of or careful of if you're going to see an acupuncturist. One of them is, well, a couple of them are, uh, you know, if you're hemophiliac, it's probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't stop somebody out there who's a hemophiliac from going to an acupuncturist for treatment. Um, and also, if you're on any kind of blood thinner medication, um, that's something that should be considered. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily that you can't have acupuncture uh, if you're on blood thinner medication. And I have treated people on blood thinners. Um, you just have to be a little bit more careful about the needling sites and so on. Okay. Um, but it's certainly something that uh, an acupuncture should be made aware of. If you have any communicable diseases, um, you might want to make sure that your acupuncturist is aware of that because, you know, as I say, there's rarely blood, but occasionally there's a drop or two and then, you know, that, yep. that could be an issue. Yeah. Um, any kind of electrical devices? Uh, there is some acupuncture that uh, utilizes uh, electrostimulation of the needles, sort of in the same way that a TENS machine works. So that could interfere with, you know, like a pacemaker, say, or if you've got some sort of, um, you know, there are, uh, I can't remember the term right now, but, you know, there's, a, there's devices that stimulate the brain electronically, yeah. you know, so, so, you know, acupuncture should definitely be aware of that. Okay. Uh, even outside of, you know, electroacupuncture, it's like, you know, you want to, be, you want to know about these. Yeah. Any kind of implants. Um. I think those are sort of the major ones. If, uh, definitely pregnancy, of course. Like, you know, if, if you're pregnant or, or planning on becoming pregnant, an acupuncture should know about that. Yeah. Um, because uh, that can create problems. Um, so, and that's not to say that you can't have acupuncture if you're pregnant or planning on becoming pregnant. But, uh, but you know, again, an acupuncture should be aware of that before they treat somebody. Okay. I think those are most of the contraindications. Okay. Yeah. You thought this was going to be my next question, but when somebody comes in, just fix me. Yeah. What is that? 
So what did we finish off with before <laughs> that? Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about the medications. Right, and taking the pills. Not right. wanting to take the pills. <laughs> right, just fix me. <laughs> just um, fix me. You just fix me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little bit of a beef I have, I guess. But And, and you know, and... and I can't really take the high road because I'm guilty of some of these things too. I mean, as human beings, you know, and, and, and I know you know this, but just sort of like, you know, human nature, we tend to like to think, to do the things that we like to do. Absolutely. And we really don't want to stop doing those things if we absolutely are not forced to do them in some way. So, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is, you know, you can have a healthy lifestyle or you can have a not healthy lifestyle. Sometimes, like, I treat people who are, like, kind of obsessed with being healthy and exercising. And from a Chinese medicine point of view, there can be too much of that as well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and some, that, some of that has to do with personality type or whatever, you know. And then you get the people who like to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken three or four times a week. And so... You know, they're having whatever problems are arising as a result of these things, whether it's like muscle problems or they've got high cholesterol or whatever, and they come in and, you know, they might approach a Western doctor with exactly the same kind of, uh, you know, attitude, but it's like, you know, just, just, just fix me. Like, just, just, you know, give me the pill, give me the needle, whatever it is, sort me out of here. And, uh, and so, you know, it's like, a good example of this. Somebody's doing some sort of work that, you know, um, maybe some sort of repetitive stress injury. Yes. Um, well, I, let's, for instance, let's take some of the people that, that work around here, our lobster fishermen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and their work is hard. Right. It's, it's damn hard. Yeah. They need you to just fix them so they can get back aboard that boat. That's right. So that they can go out. What kind of what kind of, of attitudes and what kind of things do they come in and see you and say, "Look, just fix it, just fix it right now." I got to go back to work. <laughs> well, you know, like yeah, I've had you know seen uh, a few people with uh, let's say like you know lower back pain because you know that's something that's going to possibly develop over the years. If, you know, if you're if you're uh, Pull lobster pots and whatever, you know, it's like it just repetitive, heavy work, yeah. right? So they develop some sort of, and, you know, maybe there was some injury years ago. And, and, you know, when you're young, you can kind of work through those things. But now it's like, you know, it's developed into some sort of lower back pain that's, you know, leading to sciatica or whatever. And it's like, you know, these guys show up and they're like, okay, well, yeah, you know, you got to, you just fix this so I can get back to work. And my answer to that is, you know, possibly we can get you some relief from that pain. But if you keep doing that thing that you're doing, that pain's not going to go away. Like, you know, it's like, I, you know, it's like anything. It's like, uh, I wish I could come up with a, a good picture of this, but, you know, it's like, it, it's kind of almost like, you know, like it hurts when I do this. Stop doing that. <laughs> you know, in, in human nature, it's like you got to eat. You got to work, whatever. Uh, the thing that popped into my head was I know somebody who's a health professional and uh, they do dental work and they spend a lot of time uh, sort of, you know, uh, leading over the patients, working on the mouth or whatever. And, and um, 
they're young and they're experiencing uh, shoulder and upper back pain. Uh, they're just starting their career more or less and uh, they haven't seen me for this upper back pain and can you sort this out so that I can get back to work and I'm thinking when I say to them you know uh, you got to find some way to accommodate this in your life because you're looking at another 20-30 year career arc before you can retire and if this is happening now at the beginning of your career how miserable are you going to be 20 years down the road and eventually whatever the patching up is that I'm able to do is not going to uh, is not going to it's going to make me money but uh, it's, it's you know it, I'm not going to be able to ultimately help them if they're going to just keep doing the thing that they're doing and you know what do you do you're kind of between a hard a rock and a hard place it's like that's my career but it's like you got to find some way to physically make that work for you it's not going to be putting the stress on your body because if you can't stop doing that it doesn't matter what I do the problem's going to go away like I can't fix Mm-hmm. your ergonomic problems just fix it so that I can get back to work yeah okay you know you do the best you can but you you know ultimately if somebody's going to keep doing this thing that's creating the problem uh, you know you can't patch them up forever and that's all you're doing is patching them up because you know if you if you drink Two liters of Diet Pepsi a day, it doesn't matter what I do, you're going to have problems. No, absolutely. You know. So I was I was very fortunate when I come to you and I said, just fix it with my tennis elbow. <laughs> <laughs> well, just fix it so I can get back to work. I'm sort of that you probably like, you know, you having, having done what you've done for as long as you've done it, realize at that point that like something that you're doing is probably affecting your elbow and that you need to accommodate it. Yes. That you're going to have to like do something slightly differently, at least for a while yes. to let this thing heal. Some people, you know, the, the command is like, well, we're back, but you have a sciatic on yeah, It's really killing me. You got to help me here. And, uh, so, you know, you do some work on the like, God, that feels a whole lot better. I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, come on back in a week. We'll treat you again, whatever, you know, it's Friday. They leave. They come back on Tuesday and they go, oh my God, I went out on the weekend and I I ran a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I felt so good, you know? So, I don't know, what what can I say here? A little common sense. Yeah. 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 That that takes you a long ways. A little bit of common sense can go a long ways, that's for sure. Yeah. On average, how often do people have to come back for treatments? It really depends on what the condition is. So, you know, the sh- what the short answer is that you'll get probably from a lot of acupuncturists and probably from me as well. So it depends on whether the condition is acute or chronic. Okay. If it's the acute condition, then you might be able to cure it in a couple, three or four, five or six treatments. It kind of depends on, again, what the condition is. But, yeah. you know, if it's a chronic condition, then that's definitely going to take longer. Now, you might see some results within a relatively short period of time, but... You know, if it's something that you've spent years sort of leading up to, you're not going to like, you're not going to get people. There's all kinds of stories out there about the magic acupuncturist where, you know, it's like my uncle went to see this acupuncturist and he had a bad back for 75 years and he treated him once and he's been better for the rest, <laughs> for the next 50 years. It's incredible. And, uh, you know, and 
Although people do get those kind of results occasionally, that's really typically not the case. And but people still come expecting that, like, like they're going to get acupuncture and the problem's going to be resolved within a treatment or two treatments. And it's just, I'm sorry. I wish, like, I wish for my own self that was the way that it works, but it doesn't, you know. Okay. So. A chronic treatment, I like to see people three or four times, or no, I don't say three or four times, I usually say, I like to see people four times within about a month, so at least once a week, sometimes depending on what it is, a couple of times a week, like okay. if you just got Bell's palsy, I want to see you at least like once every two or three days for, you know, about four or five treatments and see how you respond to that, mm-hmm. and then judge from there what's going to take place. Okay. If you've got back pain, then I would probably suggest that you come once a week for a month, you know, chronic back pain once a week for a month and then assess at that point, you know, see where okay. you're at and how many more treatments you might need. Now, you know, I'm seeing somebody right now who's got Bell's palsy. Here's a tip for you out there. If you've got Bell's palsy and you want acupuncture, you go to the acupuncture as soon as you possibly can. Once you're diagnosed with Bell's palsy, don't wait because the longer you wait, the less likely, the less beneficial the effect is. So I've got a woman who has Bell's palsy on both sides of her face. And she is responding nicely to the acupuncture treatments, but she's been to see me a bunch of times. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, you know, it's probably going to take a few more treatments before we get her back to close to 100%, but she's doing very well. I have a couple clients that are doing very well, but it's just, but the thing was, you know, and it's, it's no fault of hers, but she didn't come for acupuncture for like, you know, Months after, oh, after yeah. you know, after uh, she had the condition, and it's just it probably never occurred to her that somebody said, "Hey, you should try acupuncture." You know, so there she is. Yeah, you do some other modalities or therapies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of them is is uh, moxibustion. Yeah, that's interesting. What is that? Explain it to us. Uh, well, so uh, moxibustion is essentially. Okay, short answer is, uh, there's an herb, uh, it's wormwood. Uh, they take this herb and they dry it for a period of, I think, up to like a couple of years, maybe even a little bit longer, and then they shred that into floss. The floss is then sort of, can be rolled into different shapes usually. Uh, they either mold it themselves into cones or they use it in a sort of a cigar shape. You burn that. So essentially, you've got something that's like a cigar, almost. It's creating heat, and you use that heat to stimulate acupuncture points on the body. You don't actually, um, the body doesn't come in direct contact with, mm-hmm. with, you know, with this burning herb, but yep. you use the heat from that burning herb to stimulate acupuncture points on the body. And this is used so much in China, like it's not used so much in North America because there's a lot of smoke involved, and uh, so it's kind of, you know, it can be a little bit hard on the lungs and it can be a little bit hard on the acupuncturist if you're doing it all the time. They have used it a lot in China traditionally, so much so that the character for acupuncture is made up of a couple of different Chinese characters and one of them, uh, as I understand it, is is uh, the character for, for Moxa. So they use that in China almost as much as they use needles. And I've been told that in some parts of China, they use predominantly moxibustion. They don't use needles at all, but they actually use this burning herb. Oh. 
and they've devised a number of different ways to use that. So you can use it as these, you know, sticks. There's these cones that they uh, place in boxes or sometimes on the body. But again, you know, you're not being burned by this. Um, they uh, also take the chunks of this burning herb, and, and so they put needles in the body, and then you use the herb to heat the needle. You actually place the burning herb on the needle, and that heats the needle and sends needle uh, heat into the needle point. So uh, it's it's just another method of sort of stimulating acupuncture points using heat instead of using needles. And uh, I've had it done and done it to myself. Uh, it can be quite pleasant. I really uh, quite like it. Um, anything else? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> now we've only got a couple minutes left, but there's okay. one here that I'm not familiar with at all, and that's gua sha. Gua sha. Washer is a kind of, uh, it's, you, you, you use different tools and the, and, the, and the tools are very simple. Like it, it can be just a piece of uh, smooth plastic. Sometimes they use uh, stones. I've got a piece of a cow horn that I use. And you put a little bit of lubrication on the body, on the area that you're working on, and you use this sort of gentle scraping motion on the skin. It's not painful. Uh, but uh, you sort of persist with that to the point where it actually uh, brings blood to the skin surface. So you're not bleeding, but you will see marks after the gua sha treatment. Okay. And the idea in Chinese medicine is that, uh, you know, that, that uh, toxins kind of accumulate in areas of the body when there are illnesses or you know diseases or diseases and uh and that through this kind of scraping motion you're actually able to bring these toxins to the surface and let the body you know expel them or whatever and also it it, it stimulates uh you know it stimulates blood circulation to the area it helps quite useful sometimes for like uh muscle conditions uh I've seen it used for uh, people that, with, you know, like with like head colds, things like that, lung problems. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Stephen, I really want to thank you for joining me today um, and talking in regards to acupuncture. It's very interesting, that is for sure. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in, and I'll be back again next week at the same time. Until then, I wish everyone your best help. Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then.